Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. In these uncertain times, it is more important than ever that we are intimately connected to Jesus, hearing His voice, attentive to His leading, and dependent upon the Spirit. Our Soul Shepherding staff went into the archives and picked powerful Soul Talks episodes that will remind us to go deeper and lean into our first love so that we can stand and bring the kingdom in this season. Now let's join Phil and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. We want to give a shout out to Beverly Deutsch in Canada, who's been following Soul Talks and our Soul Shepherding blog for some time. And she says, hey, I shared the apprentice prayer from your Easy Oak book in my church on uh, Sunday. And I want to thank you for the powerful prayer and how it was such a blessing to our church and so many gathered there. So that was fun to hear from Beverly. And the apprentice prayer has meant so much to me. I prayed it this morning. And as many of you know, that's the at the beginning of our, our book, Your Best Life and Jesus' Easy Yoke. And that is what we are talking about in a different way today in the next couple episodes. What do we got, Christy? Yeah, well, we're excited to share with you a soul talk that is Bill and I, yes, but it's also with a couple of pastors at Saddleback Church. Their doable discipleship podcast, which is their maturity pastor's kind of project. Maturity meaning spiritual growth. Yeah, spiritual yeah. growth and maturity. Yeah, so they have conversations on, you know, how do we make discipleship a doable thing? And so they invited us to come. We got to join them at the table in Rick Warren's office and have a conversation. And we titled this Jesus's Easy Way to Do Hard Things. So it's actually was an hour long podcast. And we're going to bring you in the next three episodes of Soul Talks, a little portion of each. And we hope that you'll enjoy it. It feels a little bit different energy when it, where you're sitting at the table with the their pastors. And this first podcast that we're going to be sharing with you today, we're going to be conversing about the stresses and busyness of life that result in anxiety and how Jesus's easy yoke is an invitation to us in discipleship amidst the stress and busyness of life. My favorite part is where we talk about Jesus's be- being uh, relaxed in the embrace of the Father and that the fruitful life and work that he does comes out of that union. And I just can't meditate on that enough because it's so encouraging to me that that's where my best life is. It's in in Jesus' easy yoke. I'm still learning that, and I'm so thankful that we can share this with all of you. Guys, talk to us a little bit about soul shepherding. Uh, Why'd you start it? Why is that an area of passion for you? Because um, that's, I mean, what you guys do through Soul Shepherding is, is a large part of what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, we help people to thrive with Jesus in life and leadership. And so we bring together Christ-centered psychology and spirituality to do that in resources and in our Soul Shepherding Institute, which is a training program in Christian soul care and spiritual direction. And so we train up uh, men and women who are serving the role, serving the Lord in diverse roles. And uh, we just love hanging with people in groups of about 20 to 25 and just go real, real deep in scripture and in discipleship and in soul care through uh, learnings and community and at times we call TLC times for mm-hmm. To Love Christ, which is 
extended soul space, and we really help people that that want to go deeper in their life with the Lord and be more fruitful in their ministry as a pastor, a leader, a small group leader, on missions, uh, in the marketplace, in the home, uh, wherever it is that we're serving the Lord, how to do that uh, in, in the overflow of God's grace to us. Mm. Yeah, I would also say that it's something that God really trained us for and birthed in us early on. We met in college, undergraduate, before mm-hmm. we went into graduate school. We both were feeling called to ministry and then both studied psychology, got our doctorates in psychology, but not just for the clinical office which in practice, which we've done for mm-hmm. over 30 years, but also mostly for, for Christ's sake and for mm-hmm. ministry to help people in the ministry really come to a place of, of deep growth, wholeness and holiness mm-hmm. and their, their yeah. life, their relationship with God, with others and themselves. So we have spent over 50,000 hours between the two of us in the pool of pain with people in the therapy wow. office uh-huh. and being able to integrate that because there's so much that goes together with that, with our own formation in Christ. And, you know, Jesus's ways are so smart and sound psychologically mm. too. Mm. So integrating that has been really key for us and making that really practical to people. And the Bill's a writer and God had told Bill early on, your pen will be your pulpit. So mm-hmm. he has stewarded that gift really well and has put over a thousand free resources on our website, soulshepherding.org, where mm. we have over a million page views a year of people wow. around the world just making use of us being able to give away the things God's taught us. Yeah. That's incredible. You guys are, what a power couple. I mean, yeah. dueling doctors, <laughs> you're so well-trained, you're so wise. I'm so, and there's such a high density of wisdom and training and capability in your home. I'm so glad you guys are are sharing that with the world and you're getting that out. You're mm. doing a podcast and thanks for sharing all your learnings with the rest of us who need to glean from that stuff. <laughs> oh, it's a joy too. We're talking about some principles from, from your book today. Uh, and specifically, we're talking about the, the easy way to do hard things that Jesus modeled. But before we do that, um, your book is entitled Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke. Can you talk just a little bit about that easy yoke idea? And, and just for those who maybe aren't, I mean, maybe they're relatively new to God's Word, just help them understand what that yoking idea is as we get started. Well, so if we go back to Matthew 11, uh, Jesus is with some people, and he's... Uh, just been pronouncing woes on cities that have rejected his gospel and rejected his ministry, and that is not a wise thing to do. And it seems that uh, in his attunement with the Father, the Father says, okay, let, let's let's change focus now here. Jesus is in sort of a stressful moment, mm-hmm. you know, humanly speaking. And so abruptly, Jesus breaks into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Yeah. You know, and then he's refocusing and gathering with the people he's in, that he's in community with, uh, his, the, his followers, and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And uh, the yoke uh, of a rabbi in that day was his teaching. And so he's saying to the people, Look, you've been under a hard teaching. You've been under legalism. You've been under hypocrisy from the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Let me show you a different way of life. And so he's, he's using the analogy that was like everybody saw every day in that culture, we don't so often see, it, of a yoke. Mm-hmm. Two oxen yoked together to pull a plow across a field. And so what he's saying is, you know, get into that yoke with me. Get into this uh, uh, being in sync together, and we'll do life together. We'll do work together. 
people are hungry, they need to eat, so I'm going to be with you now. We're going to pull the plow across the field to get mm -hmm. the work done. And so what we like to say, uh, coming from our psychology background, is that this yoke of Jesus, it's a secure attachment relationship. Mm. It's, it's intimacy. It's, it's friendship. It's doing life together, uh, talking and laughing and, and being connected and understanding each other. It's a relationship of, of empathy. Mm. And so it's out of that closeness with Christ and... and and Christ's friends, the body of Christ, it's out of that now that we do the work of loving people. Hmm. So let me give you an example from Juliet's life. Yeah here. yeah. here we're with her yesterday, and she's doing hard things, like climbing stairs, standing up, not crawling up them anymore. Yeah, but especially when they only have 12-inch legs. That's you know? right, yeah. that's right. <laughs> but she's doing it yoked to me because I'm right there next to her, hmm. and she's attached to me, and she's putting her full confidence in my presence right there. And she'll kind of tune in a look and check like, you know, is this okay? And every once in a while, she'll grab onto my hand to help mm -hmm. her. So she's doing the hard thing of learning to climb the stairs, standing up instead of crawling, but she's doing it in an easy way. She's doing it with me. Or yeah. we're out at the shopping center and she's pushing the stroller. She wants to push it, not ride it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's pushing it uphill. And it's kind of a hard thing. And I mean, this thing is way bigger than her. But she's doing it in an easy way because she's so proud of herself. She's so happy. She's like beaming at me, showing, look, look, I could do this and I'm letting her do it. But I've kind of, I'm steering it a little bit. Yeah. And so it's that yoke, that attachment again. And she's doing a hard thing, but in an easy way. But then now let me nut it out in a day-to-day -day example. So yesterday morning, I come downstairs and I, my kitchen is covered with ants. Mm. That's we like just had recently okay, as well. yeah. the season for ants <laughs> yes, in Southern California. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's a hard thing getting rid of these ants. They're all over their mess. I think I've got them all. I find more here, there. I go, you know, get them all off the kitchen counter. Then they're on the floor. I get the sweep of the floor, clean the floor, get them in the family room. Everywhere I go, more ants, yeah. another invasion. <laughs> it's kind of a hard thing. And so I was thinking, I'd actually been praying about this podcast today. Was thinking about. It. I was like, okay, I have a choice here. This is a hard thing. Do I want to do it in an easy way? Do I want to do it with Jesus? And mm. so as I was dealing with the ants, I started thanking God for my kitchen, for my house, for the food I had there, the water I had there that was attracting them. I started mm. to praise him and enjoy his presence and sing some praise songs as I was working. It made it an easier way to do the hard thing of dealing with the ants. Mm. Mm. I, I love what you said. You, I, I've never before connected the the picture of the yoke that Jesus taught with the sort of loving parental relationship, you know? Yeah. I always think of it like, yeah, we're kind of co-laboring and that kind of thing, I think is a more typical way to see it, but I just love that picture of it. It's, it's also like a hand-holding and being kind of kind of aided along with your Heavenly Father. And it seems like, too, I think a lot of people, when they hear that teaching about take my yoke upon you, they think of it usually as, hey, I'm going to, you know, I have my yoke, come and join me mm. as opposed to what Jesus actually says is take my yoke upon you. Mm -hmm. And so that th there's often kind of the, the oh, I, I got Jesus on my side instead of, G instead of saying, oh, I'm going to join Jesus's side kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah, That's so important because the yoke is something that you're using when you're plowing a field. Yeah. So it's actually, there's work to be done. Totally. And it's God's work. Mm -hmm. So we're in his yoke right now. We're plowing his field right now. Yeah. 
but we get to do it with him and it helps me to abandon it to him to remember well it's his work it's not all up to me hmm. i can trust him i'm attached to him i'm not alone in this yeah i can i can almost hear someone and, and this is where my mind goes to i think that we have like the, there's like a tension that can come real early on when we think of this idea of okay jesus and that easy yoke but then I contrast that with what I feel like my felt, my, my lived experiences from my standpoint, which is, but isn't life just really hard? Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't life come with a lot of pressures? Doesn't life come with a lot of challenges? And, and, and in your book, I know you talk about this, but, but can you talk, us about, talk to us a little bit about how Jesus handled that kind of thing? How did Jesus handle pressure? Like, how do we model ourselves after his way of dealing with the hard bits of life? Yeah, you know, a great way into this topic, we've, we filled this Easy Oak book with Bible studies on Jesus as our model. And so here's some bullet points on Jesus being relaxed and fruitful. Mm-hmm. When it's time to launch his public ministry, Jesus is unhurried and goes to the desert to pray for 40 days. Or in Mark 3, when Jesus is teaching and his family comes and try to take control of him and take him out... Mm-hmm. He actually, in an easy way, just speaks the truth and love to him, but he doesn't let them manipulate him. Crowds interrupt his retreat, and patiently he feeds them in Mark 6. In Mark 4, he's in a storm, and he's able to nap. He's able to be relaxed in a storm, (laughs) and he shows the disciples that, and they're like amazed. Like, that's the real miracle of the storm, right? That he was able to stay (laughs) relaxed. Yeah. Loan sharks and hucksters are turning his father's house into a marketplace, and uh, they're taking advantage of the poor, and Jesus takes time to weave a rope together before he drives the hucksters out. Mm-hmm. Or when the religious leaders in Mark 12 are really questioning him and plumbing him and trying to trap him, and he just sees their heart and speaks right to the, the core of their motivation. Mm-hmm. Here's one we don't Does think about. Defensive? in the frame of the easy oak. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's about to go to the cross, and he's sweating drops of blood. He finds comfort in God as Abba. Or in Luke 23, where Jesus is suffering on the cross, and yet he's able to do that in a way that he's able to pray that his Father would forgive those, Mm -hmm. for they know not what they do. I mean, that's like like a really hard thing. Forgiveness is a hard thing. Mm. The other day, I was struggling with something that had been done to me that was hurting me, and I was feeling kind of that anger about it. And there again, I was, I was praying to him, and I was really, no, you know, the easier way is to forgive and to pray Jesus' prayer. Father, forgive this person. He didn't mm. know. He doesn't know what he's doing. Mm. And that's actually the easier way than just festering on the wound and festering in anger on what he did, mm. because it just it just keeps me hurt in the hardness of it all, rather mm. than being able to let it go and, and pray good for him and, and loving prayers for him. I can only do that if I'm attached to Jesus, receiving his love and my security there. Yeah. yeah. And so what enables Jesus to forgive there? The prayer, uh, Luke records, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, comes from Psalm 31, 5. So Jesus has been praying this prayer in his, his suffering, in his trial. He's been yielding himself, submitting himself, drawing on the, the loving presence of his Abba. And that intimacy and attunement with the Father is what enables him to be forgiving, to be loving, and to be blessing to all those people around him, including those who are torturing him. Yeah. And, not just, and not just offer forgiveness, as we, we so often do, down the road, mm-hmm. after there's been a process of 
maybe healing and reflecting and maybe counseling. Jesus is forgiving in the middle while this is being perpetrated mm-hmm. against him, which is you know, just about the hardest you know, moment of forgiveness that you can possibly picture. Mm-hmm. Well, those are really great pictures of, of Jesus living these principles out. And it sounds like, I, I think what we want to be clear is that you may still have to do hard things, but there is a Jesus way to do mm-hmm. those things. That's right. Jesus still did things that were hard, but he did them in a way that uh, was uniquely uh, entombed with his Father. Is that a good way of putting it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, life is stressful. We've got a sin nature. The people we're in interaction with have a sin nature. There's a, a devil and demons that are after us. There's, there's many injustices and hardships in life, natural disasters. There's many things that are hard, and, and probably, in one sense, life is harder for the Christian yeah. because of spiritual warfare and so forth. But yeah. what we're saying is that there's a way of doing these hard, difficult, unfair things mm-hmm that's easier. The way of Jesus, the attitude, the demeanor, the approach, the, the relational style, the lifestyle is easier. And it's one of intimacy with God as Abba. Yeah. Well, it's really what Jesus said, right? In Matthew 11, here he's, he's been uh, totally shunned by Tyre and Sidon, and so he's confronting them. And then it says Jesus abruptly breaks into prayer. This is the message. And he says, thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for your hidden your way from sophisticates and know-it-all, revealed it to ordinary people, even little mm-hmm. children. And then he says, the Father has given me these things to say and to do. It's a father-son operation coming mm-hmm. out of father-son intimacies and knowledge. That's that attachment, right? He's yeah. saying, I'm yoked to the Father. Yeah. And then he says, are you tired, worn out? burned out on religion because we are that's the hard thing of life right it it tires us the hard things sure and it wears us out and we get burned out even on good things religion it says come to me like i've come to the father walk with me work with me watch how i do it i'm doing Mm. it with my father you get to do it with me we'll pull the plow across the field together yeah and then, so whatever we're doing, we're, we're with him together. We're not alone in it. Yeah. And remembering that is so important and relying upon his power, his knowledge, which is way bigger than ours. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what was cool too is, or what stood out to me also in those examples that you were just sharing was how you can see the fruit of the spirit in all of these is you can see how there's this outpouring of uh, this way of living this character um, in each of these scenarios that you just mentioned, the patience, the gentleness in which he responded to things, you know, in choosing joy and love. And, and, and you can just see those being lived out. And so as you're thinking about examples from your own life, as you can see ways to respond to and how and how a, a spirit-filled or spirit-driven life is, is it, it, it can be lived out in these scenarios too. Yeah, it's not. A, there's no. There's no pretending here. It's a. Yeah. It's not a. You know, the account of Jesus's life, just as the account of the. Well, really, you take the Bible as a whole. The Bible never denies the difficulty of life, mm-hmm. but it offers a better way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I think. It's it's grounded in reality. We don't deny that life is difficult, but we acknowledge that there's a way to do this in step with Jesus. I'm so thankful for how Jesus' life demonstrates how we can live freely and lightly in his easy yoke. And you can join people all over the world who have learned to live in those unforced rhythms of grace. And that's what my book is about, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke.
Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org.